Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me, Dr. Marianne Teitelbaum, author of the groundbreaking new book, Healing the Thyroid with Ayurveda, Natural Treatments for the Hashimoto's Hydrothyroidism and Hyperthyroidism. Dr. Teitelbaum, who has treated thousands of thyroid patients, argues that every month should be Thyroid Awareness Month, given the epidemic levels of the disease and the lack of effective treatment. Approximately 20 million Americans have thyroid condition, and up to 60% of them don't even know it. Thank you so much for being here to make us more aware of thyroid issues and treatments. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited because not only does my daughter, but my sister has uh, thyroid issues, and I've been so excited to hear what you have to say. And you say you feel the current treatments of thyroid problems are not working for the vast majority of people. That's correct. And the reason is, um, first off, there's two types of thyroid patients you'll encounter. In the first type, there are people who have full-blown thyroid symptoms like weight gain, hair loss, depression, constipation, fatigue, miscarriages. And yet when they have their blood work drawn, it comes back normal. So they're told nothing's wrong with them, and they leave the doctor's office feeling very frustrated and hopeless. But then there's a second group who do have problems that show up on blood work, and yet when they're put on the thyroid hormone, many of the same symptoms still continue. So they, too, are frustrated. So with either group, if they decide to seek out alternative care, they're seeking it out in a country that has no longstanding tradition of a system of alternative care. So these patients really, uh, they don't know where to turn, and... um, so it's a little difficult right now in America if you have a thyroid problem. I've heard that before. I've heard people that thought they had issues. They went in and got tested, and they said no, um, later finding out that they did. And what you're saying is that what medication people are on right now is synthetic and not working. Um, am I getting that right? It's not so much that the, horm- the hormone is synthetic. It could be natural. And it's not that it's not working. It's definitely working. But what we want to do is shift our emphasis and, and identify and fix the reason why the thyroid's weak. Mm-hmm. And then you can support it with herbs. See, I'm using a system from India known as Ayurveda because it is a 5,000-year-old tradition of holistic medicine. And what I like about this system is that they teach the doctors very advanced pulse diagnosis where you could pick up and detect the thyroid problem many years before it would show up in blood work. So those patients who are told nothing's wrong with them can receive the proper treatment that they need. Partly it's that, that many people are told there's no problem, but it takes several stages of these imbalances in the body for it to finally show up in blood work. But the other thing is that um, it's not just the thyroid you want to look at. The thyroid's like this very delicate flower, and if there's anything wrong in the body, it just wilts. So in each person, you have to identify what's wrong in them, and then you fix it, and then the thyroid gland perks back up. Oh, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you recommend then? What's your treatment? Well, that's the important thing to know. There is no specific treatment for anyone. I could have 100 thyroid cases, which I do have in a, in a matter of a month's time, and they're all on different protocols. So, again, you have to see in each person what's causing it. In some people, it could be that they're overworking and the thyroid being so delicate like it is, this little princess (laughs) that it is, it just weakens and it can't handle that. The ancient doctors of India said if you go to bed past 10 o'clock at night, that will weaken your whole body, especially the thyroid gland. 
these glands, the adrenals, the thyroid, they're like, like our, our energizer bunny. They're the, they help us get through the day. Uh, they're like our batteries that we run on, but they need early hours of sleep, m- many hours before midnight. It's not the amount of hours. Like if you went to bed at midnight and woke up eight hours, or if you went to bed at 10 and woke up at 6, when you go to bed at 10, the hours before midnight will rejuvenate the thyroid more. So there's all these issues like your bedtime. You have to see, are you eating enough protein in the diet? The thyroid hormones made out of protein. So some of the teenagers now are eating these more vegan diets with no animal protein, and then the thyroid suffers. There's many people who are drinking water with fluoride in it, and fluoride is a poison to the thyroid. So we have to chelate the the fluoride out of their body, and others are getting flu shots every year. Flu shots are loaded with mercury, and the thyroid is the only gland in the body who takes up iodine, and mercury looks just like iodine on the periodic chart. So the thyroid prefers the mercury, and when the mercury attaches to the thyroid, it weakens it tremendously. So in the case of one week, I'll see all these different reasons for the thyroid being weak. So we have to fix those reasons, and then we use our wonderful herbs to support the thyroid, and it usually comes back up. That is so interesting. In fact, um, what you said about protein and then what you said about fluoride, because, you know, we prescribe that. If it's not in our water, we prescribe the pills for the for uh, kids. Yeah, I see many kids. Uh, you'll see, in fact, I opened my book with a picture of a little girl who was bald, and um, <clears throat> I see many children who are bald, and when I test them, they were given fluoride supplements to take and then fluoride treatments, and then if they live in an area where there's fluoridated water, um, their thyroid gland just suffers. See, the fluoride used to be used in the 1930s if someone had a hyperthyroid to shut it down. The problem was it worked so well, it poisoned the thyroid and it killed the thyroid, so they had to stop using it. And then it was after that that they put it in the water supply. And many people around the world think that the uh, fluoride in the water is at least partially contributing to this tremendous epidemic of thyroid problems that we're seeing. And I would have to say that's true. It's not the only reason, but it is one of the bigger reasons. So what are some other reasons? Well, like I mentioned, mercury. Mm -hmm. If you had a lot of mercury amalgams growing up, they don't use them as much anymore. But if that mercury got into your system, which mercury in your mouth will definitely leach into your system. But the biggest problem I see nowadays is that the flu shot still has mercury in it. They've taken mercury out of many of the immunizations, but not the flu shot for some reason. So it seems like one or two flu shots is okay. But I have many patients who get them every year, and I have you could feel it in the pulse. You can actually feel the mercury stuck on their thyroid gland, and it's inhibiting its function because that's what it does. It actually adheres to the thyroid. So mercury is another uh, big reason from the flu shots. Wow, that is so interesting. I have many, many Hashimoto's patients who have gotten about 30, 40 flu shots in their lifetime. It's one of the great causes of Hashimoto's. It's an autoimmune thyroid problem. Right, and that's what my daughter has. And, I'm, I, you know, I feel like I had looked into all this, and this is all such new information, and I am so grateful to be hearing about this. Now, can you tell us about your discovery of the correlation between the thyroid and the gallbladder function? Oh, yes. This is one of my amazing things that 
After seeing so many thousands of thyroid patients through the years, I noticed this direct correlation that whenever the thyroid was weak, the gallbladder was automatically weak. And you can ask people who have thyroid problems, did you have any gallbladder problems? And they'll say, oh, yeah, I have uh, burping and acid reflux and belching, and I have my gallbladder removed. So it turns out that when the thyroid's weak, the sphincter that squirts the bile out of the gallbladder won't work. So the bile sits there, and instead of being this liquid, it becomes like a thick sludge. So I have a whole chapter in the book on the gallbladder and all the things that can happen when the gallbladder doesn't empty properly. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite chapters. Wow. Do you know offhand which chapter that is? I don't know. if it's, I don't have the book in front of me if it's chapter 7, but you'll see it'll say the the uh, thyroid's relationship to the gallbladder. Oh, that is so interesting. Now, um, my daughter has Hashimoto's, and so can you tell me more about that? Uh, yes. How old is she? Well, we discovered it when she was 12, and the doctor tried to put her on antidepressants and all these other things. And um, my sister had had thyroid as an adult, and so I said, well, you check it. And they go, oh, no, kids don't have thyroid issues. And I just, I don't know why I felt so strong, but they did check it, and they were like, oh, yeah, look at this. She has, uh, you know, thyroid issues. And how old is she now? Now she is 32. It's been 10 years or 20 years. What year was she born? Uh, 86. Okay. So back then they had mercury in the shots. So many of the children that I see from back then have a load of mercury that's torturing the thyroid. But the mercury, see what Hashimoto's is, technically it's not a thyroid problem. It's an immune system problem where her immune system is attacking the thyroid. So then the thyroid gets all upset. Mm. So what we really need to do, and I have a whole chapter on Hashimoto's in the book, we need to fix the immune system. So first you have to know what is the immune system. And the immune system is the friendly bacteria in the gut, the liver, and the bone marrow. So in there, I'll describe the types of toxins that we're exposing our children to today that our ancestors never were exposed to, especially too many immunizations. I'm not anti-vax by any means, Mm -hmm. but I would say that getting, you know, dozens and dozens of shots, each shot contains some heavy metal and some polysorbate 80 and all, all these other chemicals that can make their way into the bone marrow because we can feel that in the pulse. We can feel the bone marrow. And the bone marrow is where the immune system cells are born. So if toxins get in there, you can easily develop autoimmune. And then the liver is overwhelmed through a lifetime of taking in toxins, whether you're swallowing them in the diet or pharmaceuticals or ingesting them. They all have to be processed through the liver. So in this modern era, there's so many toxins going through the liver. So I'll talk a lot about the liver in the book and then what you need to do. And then there's many medications, uh, especially immunizations and antibiotics, that destroy the friendly bacteria in the gut. So if the friendly bacteria in the gut, they're very delicate strains, they train your immune system not to go autoimmune, as does your liver and your bone marrow. So we're seeing such an epidemic, 500% more autoimmune cases now than we did 100 years ago before the advent of all the pharmaceuticals. So we have to be careful and know that these are great to have, but we have to be careful how easily they're prescribed and maybe not to overtake them. Like don't take one antibiotic over and over for ear infections. Don't take antibiotics for three years for acne, you know, like that. Uh, So we have to limit these things and understand that they do come with some side effects. 
and the side effects are that they can push us into autoimmune. Interesting. I'm having a little bit of mom guilt right now, but it's this not is not your fault. Right. But the it doctors is doctors should have known this. Yeah, and it is fascinating because I do tend to I was raised vegetarian before that was a thing. Um, with uh, the way my mom fed us, we had fish, uh, but not red meat. And so, you know, I've always known that we can heal ourselves with food, but I, of course, wasn't thinking of like mercury. So I just want to say we're talking to Dr. Marianne Teitelbaum. She's author of the groundbreaking new book, Healing the Thyroid with Ayurveda. Did I say that right? Ayurveda. Ayurveda. Natural treatments for Hashimoto's, hyroid, uh, hypothyroidism, and hyperthyroidism. And can you tell us how your treatments differ from the uh, modern uh, model that has been being used all along? Well, let's say that um, your thyroid's weak. If you see a doctor and they test that your hormones are low, they'll put you on the thyroid hormone, and then they'll continue to monitor your blood work and make sure it, the hormones fall in the normal range. When people come to us, I say, let's figure out why your thyroid's weak so it can make its hormones again, see? So there's a big difference there. When they give the medicine, they're not really fixing anything. They're just satisfying the blood work. And in reality, what's happening is the thyroid will go into hibernation because it's no longer called upon to make its hormones. So, you know, it looks good on blood work, but when I see the patients come in, they still have all those 10 reasons, things that are depressing their thyroid that we have to fix. So, you know, that's our approach. It's a lot different. Interesting. So we live here in Washington State, and where are you located? We're in New Jersey. Okay, and so if somebody's listening to this right now, number one, they'd want to get your book, uh, but if they wanted to reach out and um, find out how to heal themselves, what would their next step be? They can call our office. They can look at my website. It comes right up if you just Google my name, Dr. Marianne Teitelbaum. Let's spell it for them. uh, It's uh, M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E, and Teitelbaum is T-E-I-T-E-L-B-A-U-M. So um, you can see the telephone number. Just call the office, and the receptionist will book an appointment for you. We do phone consultations actually all around the world. And so, but because I can tell over the phone, I'll ask leading questions. Mm-hmm. Did you ever drink fluoridated tap water? Did you take lots of antibiotics? And so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those would all be a yes for my daughter. Because uh, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, if she could get the help uh, from you, I think um, reading the book would be helpful. But then also you say you, that they can call on, call in and get a phone. Yeah. And then we could mail them the herbs they need and oh. when they run out. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And and so do you, you were talking about the Ayurveda. Am I saying it right now? Ayurveda. Yeah. <laughs> and is that the only herb or do, are there other ones that you use? Ayurveda is the name of the system that I use oh, in I India. See. But I have 500 herbs here, some of which are for the thyroid. But, but I treat everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided at some point I want to write about all the diseases and the correct way to treat them. But I had this burning desire to write about the thyroid first because that is so blatantly treated incorrectly, and it's very easy to fix. And if only people would know that, you know, but someone has to speak out about it. So I thought that's where I'll begin. But then I'll talk about the other diseases and the correct way to treat those as well. Yeah, thank you for speaking out about it, because any time around here, I don't know if it's true where you are, but whenever I hear somebody say something about thyroidism, that's what they say. They say it's an epidemic. 
It and is an epidemic. I keep thinking, what is this? And then, and so you're saying it's flu shots. It's, it's uh, many things. Yeah. And when you read the book, you say, ah, oh, no wonder. Oh, yeah, we did that wrong. Oh, we did that wrong. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. But what you're saying is it's all reversible with herbs and with treatment? Well, the ancient doctors of India said the goal of medicine should be to um, detect these underlying imbalances so they don't develop into a big pathology. Mm. So they describe six stages of a disease process that we go through. In the first two stages, there's something out of balance but no symptoms yet. By the third and fourth stage, you could have symptoms, but you can't find it on blood work or name it yet as a disease. And then in the fifth and sixth stage, you could start to name it like Hashimoto's. So the goal of medicine should be to detect these imbalances and reverse them because imbalances are easy to reverse. As you get more into a disease, it becomes more difficult. Mm. So, But see, doctors are trained to diagnose and treat disease, so they don't have any way of detecting these underlying imbalances. See, So, so that's one of the things. It, it depends on how far down that path you went into the disease state and how much damage was done, like with Hashimoto's, how much damage was done to the thyroid from the immune system mount, mounting its attacks on the thyroid. So we never know till we jump in, but I can just say we're having pretty good success rate. That's awesome. So what got you interested in this um, field? Uh, like everyone else, um, growing up, you know, you think that if you get sick, you'll go to a doctor and they'll help you. So uh, when I was young, I wasn't feeling well, and but I didn't have a disease. So I would go to doctors and they would say nothing's wrong with me. And so it was very frustrating my whole life to hear that nothing's wrong with me. And then um, when I met my doctor from India who trained me, he found so many things wrong with me, and then we fixed them. Then I had radiant health, and I just felt like I suffered all those years because, again, doctors can only jump in if you have a disease, and I hadn't developed it that far along. So I thought, well, that's okay. Maybe you know this happened to me for a reason where I could help other people who were in similar straits to, to get better. Well, I feel like this is very timely because, um, you know, as a mother of someone with thyroid uh, problems, I I keep thinking it is an epidemic. And really, whenever you look into it, they talk about meds, but they don't really, like you have mentioned, you know, things before symptoms. And yeah, they not only do that, this is the very also a kind of, it's amazing to me that with Hashimoto's, the antibodies will be high. That's the, the, where they're measuring the immune system's attack on the thyroid. And so when, when they find you have Hashimoto's, they just keep testing the thyroid hormone levels, and they tell you you don't need to keep testing those antibodies because they'll never change. But that's not true. <sighs> the, the, if you just take the hormone, the antibodies will never change. But if you can fix the immune system, we watch the antibodies go down and down and down like that, hundreds of points in a year. So so they're, they're thinking that it'll never happen where you can fix the immune system, but but it's not true. Wow, that is really good news. Now, I know we've covered a lot here. Is there anything else that you're thinking of that maybe I haven't brought up? No, but one thing I can say, just as an example, in my book on the thyroid, you'll notice that I open it talking a lot about the liver and the gut. Mm-hmm. So just to give you an example, <clears throat> you make the thyroid hormone, it's called T4, but T4 can't really get inside your cells to exert its influence. The T4 has to be converted to T3, and then the T3 goes into the cell. So that's why many people have normal levels of the hormones, 
but it's not going anywhere. It's sitting there because 80% of that conversion of T4 into T3 occurs by the liver and the other 20% by the friendly bacteria in the gut. So most of us are going to have problems with that conversion because I don't think there's anyone walking the planet nowadays with all the pharmaceuticals we have, uh, unless we have never taken them, that have normal liver and gut function because so many of them deplete the friendly bacteria, torture the liver as they go through. So that's just one example that helps you to think outside the box that you have this quote-unquote thyroid problem. The thyroid is more of the victim. It's Mm. these other things dragging it down. So if you identify those other things, support the thyroid with our nice herbs, which I'll talk about in the book, ashwagandha, shilajit, the thyroid perks right back up. Our bodies are fully capable of healing themselves. You just have to know how to do it. I keep hearing that over and over and also about the uh, gut-brain connection. Yeah, I'll I'll write about, or I talk about that in the book. Can can you say a little bit about it? We have a few minutes left. Yeah, the ancient doctors of India 5,000 years ago without microscopes said that the gut and brain have a connection, they said. And now we know that about 90% of the neurotransmitters in the brain are made in the gut. Wow. So think about this. In the early childhood years, the friendly bacteria have to grow because when the child's born, there's no friendly bacteria. So the mother nurses the baby, the friendly bacteria start to grow. But doctors don't know this. Every time they give an immunization, it wipes out the strains. Mm -hmm. Every time they give an antibiotic, it wipes out the strains. So most kids we're seeing, um, they were given a little too many shots Mm -hmm. and a little too many antibiotics. And no one was considering this delicate, friendly bacteria. And when they never had a chance to develop, then your whole system's off now. Not just in the brain, but we see how many kids now with autism spectrum disorders, ADHD, ADD, Asperger's. We never saw that. And a hundred years ago, you would have never heard of Hashimoto's, see? You would have never heard of it because we weren't, upsetting that delicate balance of the immune system. So again, I'm grateful that we have these immunizations, antibiotics. Most of us would be dead now if we didn't have (laughs) them. But on the other hand, we have to learn how to use them wisely. And I think that's something we haven't figured out yet. But I think we, you know, hopefully we will figure it out. But right now, we're seeing the fallout from not figuring it out. Right. And like you said, it's an epidemic. Now, if somebody is listening and would like to get your book, what's the best way to get that? I think the easiest way is just to go on Amazon. Okay. And will you say the title? It's called Healing the Thyroid with Ayurveda. Okay. And then the tag is Natural Treatments for Mm -hmm. Hashimoto's Hypo Mm -hmm. and uh, Hyperthyroidism. Mm -hmm. Well, I have just, um, I feel so... educated on what you're saying, because I, I do believe in more natural ways. And like you said, it's not that uh, the doctors are meaning to misdiagnose, but they're um, supplementing with things that are actually causing the thyroid to shut down or to yeah, hibernate, you're saying. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you combine that with a very poor diet we have in America, and there starts to be too many insults to the thyroid. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for being on the show with us. And, of course, we will also post this as a podcast for anyone that would like to listen again. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community and beyond.